Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody. Welcome to Back to Basics, uh, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. My guest today is a business and leadership coach. Her name is Maggie Perrotin. She helps service-based entrepreneurs, clients consistently and without overwhelm. Through her Dream Plan Do coaching model, she helps people align their mindset, business strategy, and high-performance habits to transform their business from an unreliable source of income to a client-attracting gem. She's also the podcast host of the Diamond Effect podcast. Hello, Maggie, and welcome to Back to Basics. Hi, Leticia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Well, I'm happy too. And my audience will say like, wow, she has a coach and she's pushing how people can increase their revenue. And, you know, I normally don't go into that, but I say <laughs> if I'm going to have a top coach and I know a lot of uh, people in my audience are entrepreneurs or people that do have to, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, no matter how much inspiration I shed in every episode of this podcast, at the end of the day, people always wonder, like, can I do what I love and make money out of it? And so I'm mm-hmm. like, on this one, I'm going to go full force <laughs> selling that, selling that. That's awesome. So, so welcome, welcome. And I know, you know, when, when we, uh, we were doing the planning for this podcast, I know you have such a, an inspirational journey because your background, it's by definition and where you're from is inspirational. So I'm not going to give much away, but why don't you share with us a little bit of your childhood years how growing mm-hmm. up was, and I'm always curious to hear about what were you passionate about when you were growing up? When I was growing up, okay. So I'm originally from Poland. I was born and raised in Poland, and that was still in the communist regime. So I'm probably like the last generation who actually still remembers how it was like living under communist regime. So my childhood part of it was very simple. You know, we didn't have much going on in the communist regime. There wasn't much in the stores. And meat was rationed, coffee was rationed. You had to queue up to, you know, get those necessities, not necessarily milk or, or vegetables that were local and so on, but like meat and coffee and so on. So, you know, it, it had its own challenges, but I guess for children it's just the way it is right you're born into a situation and everybody around you is living the same so so that was kind of like normal type of thing yeah even though, like you never thought like you hear it now and you say oh poor you you were born and raised in this situation but what you're saying is as kids you that's all you know so you don't think it's that Terrible. That's right. Right. So until you learn that there could be different. So like when I started traveling, like you learn, oh, like situation could be different. You could, you know, do more and be more. Yes. One. But until you realize that, then then you just take it as it is. Right. And I, especially as a child, because you don't necessarily maybe experience the lack of freedom in the speech or what you think that that could be wrong. Right. The things that you think could be wrong, like you don't necessarily have that experience. So so other than, you know, 
helping my mom queuing for meat or pretending to be a child of a neighbor so they can get more coffee so they can <laughs> last till the next round or whatever. Uh, it was pretty normal. The one thing actually, what I remember is in, in the town I came from, we had the Russian soldiers stationed. So like mm. the town itself was maybe 40,000 people and we probably had 20,000 <laughs> Russian yeah. soldiers in the army. And I always share that, like, I had this dream of having a house, like nobody had a house in our town or maybe and barely anybody. Everybody lived in kind of condominiums, right, in apartments and so on. And the only people who had like houses or we call them villas were the Russian officers. Oh, and they were living outside of the base. So the Russian soldiers with their families were inside the base that were kind of fenced off. But the Russian officers lived outside of the base. And um, the villas were close to my primary school. So like as I would sometimes walk, I would always dream of like, oh my God, you know, I would love to have a house for that. And it, it's a dream that my mom reminded me. I didn't remember because for my mom, it was like, girl, what are you thinking? Yeah. Like, this is not going to happen because for her, all she knew was communist regime. Yes. Right. Yes. That's but incredible. then I was 11 communist regime collapsed and, and, you know, Poland opened up to like developed countries and so on. And then you could realize that, Hey, like I can have bigger dreams and things can happen. There was more possible. Right. Interesting. Interesting. So besides being the big house, what else were you dreaming of? What were you passionate about in those young years? I was passionate. I actually love teaching. Mm -hmm. So my mom was a teacher. She spent most of her career as a teacher. My dad started as a teacher, but Poland at this time, I don't know how it is now, but at this time, teachers did not make good money. Like it was just survival mode type of thing. So my dad very quickly go out of that profession, but my mom did spend most of her career teaching. So I always want to be a teacher. I, you know, played with my toys and teddy bears and so on and always taught them and created school. I did I did a little bit of, of it when I was, I used to dance in like a folk group. So I used to help my choreographer to teach the young kids, just like volunteering. And then at a university, because I needed, you know, some money and so on, I already knew some English and French. So I created like this mini tutoring mm. kind of business, but it was like a side hustle, right? Where I moved to a big city to, to do the university and I started like advertising my services, so like teaching English and French to primary school kids. And it actually grew pretty well. I had a stable number of students that then when I was moving to Canada, I passed on to my sister. So then my sister moved in oh, <laughs> to do wow. the wow. studies and, and the, the, the students that I had, they really enjoyed, you know, learning from me and I passed them on to my sister. That is great. That Well, it obviously, you know, reading what you've achieved and, and what you're trying to do with your coaching business and, and helping entrepreneurs and and others gather, you know, clients and really thrive that already you were doing that very, very young. So that's probably why you're really good at it, because it's you were clear from early age, maybe not in the shape that is today, but yeah. there was there was that seed growing yeah. into something else. Yes. No, for sure. For sure. Like, you know, sometimes you don't realize it. But then when you look back at, yeah, I always love teaching and growing people. And that started through a little bit of my tutoring and then throughout my corporate career here in Canada 
I always gravitated, like the moment I became a people leader, I gravitated always back to those positions, right? So whenever, like there was a couple of times when I ended up in a position that didn't have people underneath me, like I, I was managing facilities or data or whatever, I did not fully enjoy it, right? I always wanted like something is missing. So there was definitely that that pull towards working with people, helping them grow, teaching them, coaching them and so on. Yeah. Mm, and so I guess I take it that uh, I got to a moment where you took that leap of faith. And I am usually um, very passionate about sharing that aha moment or something, mm -hmm. because I know in my audience, I have, you know, people like this is one of the things I believe that this podcast is built on that premise of going to your back to basics, going mm -hmm. to what makes you feel good, going to mm -hmm. that pool you described in terms of these, the people are pulling me, human beings are pulling me. Mm -hmm. And and so to identify it and then jump and do it. So so you, I know you went from corporate leadership into entrepreneurship and being yeah. on your own. So what, what would you say are the most important considerations for people that are in that spot right now? So for the people who are in that spot and are considering, definitely, as you say, going back to what you're passionate about, you said in the beginning, you know, can I make money with something that I love? And the answer is yes. And actually, definitely with that, because entrepreneurship is not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm a parent. So it's kind of a little bit like parenting. We have this like idealistic idea about having babies and being parents and so on that we believe and we get into it and we're like, oh my God, that's much harder than I thought it would be. Right. Even though it's tremendously fulfilling and one of the best things we can do. Same with entrepreneurship, okay? It's an amazing thing, an amazing thing to be able to do what you love, make money and be fully creative in it and have full agency over your decisions and how you create your business and so on. And yet it can get hard. So definitely, if you're thinking about starting a business, make sure you're passionate about what you want to do. Because that passion and the motivation for why you want to do it, so be very clear why you want to do it, will help you keep the motivation going when you, you know, when you started and things don't go your way and things get challenging and hard and so on to keep going. Okay, so that's definitely one, like being passionate and knowing your why and the why I always say there's two whys. There's an external why when we think about, you know, I want to do it because I just love like for me, I just love seeing people grow. I just love that their eyes lit up and realize that they can do more than they thought they could do or that they could do something they didn't think they could do in the first place, right? So that's sort of my external why. But then I had internal whys when I started. And part of it was family and balance and having a flexibility of schedule and being able to make my own decisions and live the consequences of my own decisions and so on, right? So those were my internal whys. So being very clear on that is important. The second very important part when you're considering switching is definitely your finances, right? Because when we're in a corporate setting, we're used to getting the steady paycheck every two weeks, every week, however you're getting it once a month, but it's steady, right? So yes, of course, nothing is ever given and you can lose your job or company out of business, but like short term, it's pretty steady. 
in entrepreneurship, especially in the beginning, right, it can take time to build momentum to get to that point. Is it possible to get a steady income? 100%, but it will take time. How much time really depends on what you're doing, on you, on the connections. Like there's so many variables, right? So being able to live and finance yourself while you're growing a business, it's very important because you don't want to make your baby business responsible for paying your bills because it's just too much mental pressure on you and in the family and so on. It can become very difficult. And then when you have that graspy energy and you're in that survival mode, then you don't operate at your best. So it actually hurts you to grow the business. So that's a second important consideration to do. And, you know, again, there's many ways to do it. I've done it. I have my clients do it. Yeah, you know, I've run my business for a couple of years on the side. So as I was growing it, I was doing my corporate career mm-hmm. and I was growing that. That could be one. Maybe you have savings that you can use. Maybe there's other, you know, financing some businesses, right? You can get some capital in. So it just depends on you. But like, don't quit because you're fed up with your job without the plan and trying to start a business without some financial support. Yeah, I and that's I think it. the beauty. I agree with you in the in the doing both at the same time, and and kind of a lot of people can really do you know a side business after your yeah. corporate job, and, and really understanding if it's for you because as you said, exactly. it's not for everybody. Is we get to fall in love with the idea of it, and then I always say because it's also I now run the, the my own company. I always say I wish. I was back sometimes to that day where the paycheck would just be on your on your desk or the um, or the money would be now these days wire transfer and you don't know where it came from because when mm-hmm. you run your own business and you have to pay payroll do payroll and mm-hmm. the money has to come from somewhere and you have yeah. clients that don't pay their bills and things that don't, are not directly linked to you and your performance but that all the unforeseen factors that you have to deal with, it creates a lot of stress and not every person is built for it. That That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like part of me running it on the side was, yeah, I, in the beginning, I wasn't sure if I can, you know, if that's for me long-term and if I can make it happen, I wasn't confident enough. So it allowed me that like running it on the side, my business, it allowed me to realize, no, 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 I love it. The more I do it, the more I want it. And also get to the point where I was confident enough, like, okay, now if I, you know, cut the cord and stop salary <laughs> coming and so on, we'll be okay as a family, myself and so on. That's very interesting. And you mentioned confidence. And I think that's something that your your coaching is big on. It's like it's coaching yeah. it's confidence, something that can be learned because a lot of people say, you know, you know, you're so self-confident and that's why you went that way, but I'm not I'm not that person. How how can you kind of convince somebody that it's worth trying to build that confidence by doing? I, I believe it can be learned mm-hmm. and I have it from my own experience. And I believe that it's actually also like area dependence. So here's what I mean. So I believe it can be learned and it's like a muscle. If you don't use it, it goes down or sometimes circumstances can, you know, happen. So for example, when I immigrated to Canada, I 
never flew a plane. I've never been to North America before. And when I came, yes, I spoke English and fairly advanced, but it wasn't as fluent as it is now. But I didn't know anything. Like I didn't know the stores that you would buy. Like everything was different, right? And then I was in the environment that were telling me like, now you need to find a job, but you need Canadian experience. Nobody will take you like that, even though you have a master's degree. So you have to like work maybe jobs that you're overqualified for or who knows, like other jobs. And my confidence tanked. Like it really did. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm not mm-hmm. sure what I'm doing and so on. So then I, you know, I had a, a lack or chance to to find a good position and a female leader that believed in me and so on. And I, but I was, and then I was able to rebuild it. So as I found the job and started working and practiced my English and gotten better and saw that, you know, my performance was doing and I was feeling also more, um, safe in the environment because it's just really getting to know the country, right? And getting to know like where to go, where to move and so on. My confidence grew again, back again, right? So think about it this way. Like you can be a confident swimmer. Let's say you swim. But in the beginning, when you were learning how to swim, you weren't confident because you knew, okay, well, I don't know, I can drown and so on. But as you grew the skill, you became a confident swimmer. Now, being confident in swimming doesn't mean that when you, let's say, start learning another skill, you'll be equally confident in it. In the beginning, when we do something new, yes, we can believe that we are capable of doing it, right? And that there's partial confidence there. Hey, I can do it. I've learned other things, but we're not going to be as confident as when we master that skill, right? So confidence is definitely something we build on. It starts with the belief, I can do it. I'm capable, but then it grows as we learn and start getting results. And those results sort of reinforce that confidence, if that Mm. makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's a it's a great point, and and I know you also make a, a lot of emphasis on on, on high performance mode, and so yeah. I'd love to hear your definition of like what is for, to you high performance. Okay, so for me, high performance is thinking at your best, feeling at your best, and performing at your best, mm-hmm. and what that means in details. It doesn't mean working all the time and pushing yourself too hard and so on, but it's looking at yourself holistically as a human being and understanding that, let's say in business, you can operate at your best if you have enough sleep, if you eat well, if your body feels right, right? If you, when you're healthy in your body, when you're healthy in your mind, that's when you have the best ideas. That's when you have the best energy. That's when your motivation is at the highest and so on, right? So for me, it's high performance is that, is looking at yourself as a human holistically and saying, okay, what do I need to be my best in all areas of my life, right? But of course, with my clients, I focus on business, but like that also for me goes in, you know, in personal life, right? I want to be personal. When I think about myself, I want to operate the best as a mother, as a wife, as and as a business owner and as a coach, right? And I can only do that when I kind of look at all those areas and 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 try to mm. take care of myself and kind of set 
myself up for success. <laughs> you know? yeah, and that's great because, I, I mean, obviously what you do for a living now, mm -hmm. it helps others really tap into that potential. And, and you have, um, and not only you, but I see a lot of um, business performance coach give this promise like, you know, let's work together and you're going to double your income or, or, or increase your income. And, and I always say, wow, that's that's a big promise because now you get the coaching session and something has to happen so that whomever is working with you feels like, yeah, I was able to double what I was making. And, and I know like that that's a tough promise. So I wonder mm -hmm. to make that promise is because you obviously have ways, methodology, processes mm -hmm. to really unblock whomever feels that way. So mm -hmm. I know that every person is different, but yeah. if you had somebody, you know, we are having lunch and I tell you, Maggie, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but you know, I just cannot mm -hmm. seem to increase the revenue of my company. What in your experience are the things that people deal with when they're kind of stuck? When they're stuck. So, of course, as you say, it depends. I don't necessarily promise the percentage of income and so on, because if everybody is different. Yes, I can one client can double the income while coaching with me and some of them will have 10 or 20% in the first whatever round, right? So it depends. But but people, I sometimes people are stuck because we all have our blind spots. Right? We don't see certain things like human beings naturally. I have, you have them. So even then just gaining perspective of somebody else, and you know, if it's a coach, it's an expert, then that perspective is even deeper, will shed a light on things you're not seeing, will give you thoughts about, oh my God, it's so simple and I didn't see it. And I sometimes hear that from my clients when, you know, we talk about their business. What about this? What about that? And you're like, oh my God, you're so right. It's so simple, but I didn't see it, right? So mm -hmm. that's the one one thing. The other thing, some of people get stuck because they're scared to explore either new skills or new possibilities in their business. And the coach, it's kind of like, think about like a personal trainer that you hire, you know, push yourself to be more mm -hmm. fit, right? Sometimes we self-sabotage ourselves because our brain is designed to A, keep us safe and do it in a way that doesn't require a lot of energy. So it wants to conserve energy, right? Anything new, whether it's learning a new skill, whether it's exploring a possibility will require our brain and body to use more energy. So that's why like naturally we don't necessarily like change. We don't necessarily like to like go after things, right? There are exceptions, but like as a majority of people. So the coach can kind of gently change your mindset around it and push you towards it. So I will give you again, a practical example from one of my clients. Um, she came to me, she's a therapist, has a therapy practice and she wanted to grow, but she was like, I don't, I don't want to, I have kind of people, but I'm not a leader. I don't want to lead people. I'm not sure that will work and all scared about it. Right. But as we straight, and she didn't want to hire more and so on, but then she wanted to grow. I'm like, okay, well, and, but she was getting overwhelmed trying to take all the clients that were coming on to herself. I'm like, this is not sustainable, right? If you truly want to grow, you need to grow your team. And then empowering her with the mindset change, but also with the skill, because I believe that really there's one thing that you say, okay, I can do it or I'm willing to do it. But if you don't support it with the skill, then, you know, there will be a lot of failure and ultimately you could fail. But when you support your 
willingness to do something with the skill that you need to be successful at it, then you get successful, right? Mm. Yes. So that that even that little mindset shift and then being willing to learn allowed her to grow the business and work class and actually start enjoying being the CEO. Right. So there is that. But then there's other things that can be most No, but I think uh, just with what you're sharing, I think it's very powerful because as you said, it's like having a trainer. And you go on the gym and you say, I want to get fit. And that's, you put effort into it. But for whatever reason, and I heard this in a class I was taking, you know, the inner game versus the outer game. And mm -hmm. you mentioned your inner why versus your outer why. And so yeah. we put so much effort in the outside world. And then we we give very basically no effort, no, no in attention to that, to our inner world yeah. and what we want and, uh, and what we want to achieve. So the fact that you are, have thought about having a coach or finding a mentor or doing that next thing that you're planning to do, the fact that you do it, it's already, in my view, manifesting what you want next. Yeah. And so it kind of that, I love how you call it, you know, you empower that mindset change or that mindset shift so that that change can actually start happening. Yes. Yes, right? it always starts in your mind, right? But yes. if you think about it, anything we created as humans started with an idea in the mind. So it has to start there, right? And when it starts there, then as you say, we manifest it by slowly taking action towards it because we believe in it and the possibility of it, right? We have an idea, we believe in that it's possible. And then we start sort of going to it. Without it, nothing will happen, right? Mm. That that's great. And I know that one of the things that you have done is to create uh, your podcast, The Diamond Effect, to provide kind of that tidbits of coaching, you know, yes. free advice, things. Yes. And I think that's great because the more we hear about this, like even with the podcast, this podcast and other podcasts that to help you navigate through that because sometimes I yeah. do feel I'm very connected with my inner game. I do, I have a daily practice. I mm -hmm. try to stay on track, but there are times that life gets in the way mm -hmm. and the case completely, you say, oh my God, it's like when you stop going to the gym and it's like, I'll have the cake, who cares anymore? I, I haven't been to the gym in so far. And that happens also with our mind. And then there's yeah. that podcast I go to in those times Yeah, that, that when I listen to it, or that person that I know has that capacity to inspire me, it's almost like you get back on the bike. Yes. Right? Yes. And you know what? That's what I teach my clients in terms of like the high performance to have certain routines and practices that help, you know, with the mind and then, you know, with sleep, but like, let's say with the mind and what I call it, there is a mindset maintenance part and then there is a repair and what, I, and that comes a little bit from my like facility management technical background, mm -hmm. but <laughs> mindset maintenance is think about it. Like when you have a car, right? If you go on a regular basis to the mechanic to change the oil and check and so on, then the engine runs smoother and longer without breaking right now sometimes it breaks but it doesn't break unless it's really old but like that's a car right <laughs> but and the, sometimes if it needs a little bit of adjustment it's not breaking to the point beyond repair right so that's same with your mindset if you have certain practices every day it allows you to operate at the higher level like at the better level of thinking 
more often. And even if kind of a low happens, because we all have them, like, let's be real, this is our brain, it's human, it's normal. But even if that happens, it's not as bad, it takes us faster to get out of it. And how I know, because I've noticed it in me when I started the high performance habits back in the day, right, where where my lows wouldn't have wouldn't no longer take three days for me to get out and kind of be really feeling like me and not in that like spinning mode when your brain is just going negatively and so on. So there's that. And then even if the low happens sometimes, then you have repair tools, right? Like listening to a podcast or maybe going for a walk or maybe it could be a longer meditation than usual or whatever, reading a book, whatever it takes where it helps you like just get out of it. <laughs> no, that's uh, very powerful. And, uh, and it's incredible because I, I, it's all neuroscience. I've had a few neuroscientists on the show and when mm -hmm. they explain how our mind and uh, our brain respond to certain stimuli, and they yeah. say, once you keep giving your brain that kind of stimuli, it's going to be at a very different frequency that yes. when you are receiving, you know, negative stimuli, like yes. fear all the time, like yes. all this stuff. Yes. And so you're operating at a much lower frequency. And so yeah. they say you, you have to kind of stay with the, with the area, which is they call the green area. I don't know. Some people call it your green area where you, no matter what happens, but if you're high and then you go a little bit lower, you're still within the green yes. and, and you're not yes. triggered in a way where it's uh, yeah. detrimental to your well well-being and your performance. Exactly, exactly. And I actually did a podcast episode on it. I don't remember the number, but I called it Minds and Maintenance. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, we're yeah, definitely yeah, going to check out that. We, uh, I'm going to put all the uh, information about your podcast. I think it's fantastic that you, you know, give that free advice in your podcast and put all the information on on the show notes. So Maggie, is there, I always give a, an opportunity to for the guests to share, is there anything exciting that you're working on that you want to share with the audience? Anything in particular that we haven't discussed? You have an open microphone. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and there isn't anything in particular that I'm working on right now. I'm, you know, I just have my regular coaching offers, but I guess, yeah, like if you do listen to podcasts and you enjoy them, check Diamond Effect out and see if it can help you. Oh, that's great. Fantastic. And then my last but not least question, no, well, my last question in every <laughs> single episode is what makes you tick other than all the things we've talked about? Like that connection, what? that resource to your heart. If something, if you're having a bad day and you have to repair yourself, what's the one activity, one practice that you do that helps you get out of it? Definitely one of the most powerful ones for me is that like is getting it's learning so I'm a big learner that's definitely one of my skills so like listening to something like a podcast or an audiobook or a you know YouTube video and so on and getting my soul filled with some inspiration or good information and so on um that definitely always brings me back up <laughs> Well, thank you for that. I can see why we get along because I like to do the same thing. And it's been such a pleasure to have you. You you, you know, all this conversation, at least for me, was filled with wisdom. I feel very grateful to have you on the show. And uh, you definitely have a new fan in me. 
Oh, thank you so much, Leticia. And I'm very grateful for you to have me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And until a new episode of Back to Basics. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.